Who are some of the hardest working people you know? Think about them. What are the things that they do that makes you put them in that group? Do they wake up early? Do they stay up all night? Do they work multiple jobs but still maintain a social life? Are they naturally gifted but approach their craft like they got something to prove every time? Thinking about these questions, the answer for me is simple. Daniel, my little brother, is one of the hardest workers in any room and is my guest on today's episode of the Life IQ Podcast. Daniel Oladejo is a recent U Auto graduate with a Bachelor of Commerce specializing in management. During his time at U Ottawa, he played on the men's varsity football team, where he was a three-year starter and a two-year team captain. Daniel is currently preparing for the CFL National Combine, coming up in March, and the subsequent CFL draft. In this episode, Daniel speaks a ton about his journey to finding the game of football and choosing to stick with it in many, many difficult moments. I hope you enjoy all the stories that he tells, the introspection of his struggles, and the lessons that he's arrived at. Personally, for me, this was the most natural way to wrap up the what's next question. One, because I'm a little jealous that I could never get close enough to being a professional athlete. But two, because I'm extremely proud of the man that my little brother has become. And I could not think of a better way to wrap up this section of the Life IQ podcast. So with all that being said, let's get into it. Stop tap dancing around the conversation. Before we get back into some of the other questions we have prepped, I'm trying to like mix in some some more fun questions uh, this season. So I I have three quick questions for you. Um, so like, like Daniel's kind of alluded to growing up, he was kind of like the reckless one, um, out of the bunch and important context to have here is our mom is like a very like diligent designer. She's very clean, very tidy. So it was the type thing that like, we had a schedule Saturday that was on the fridge. That was like, this person is washing the bathrooms. This person is vacuuming the whole crib. This person is dusting, which honestly you would always want dusting because it was quite is the easiest thing to do. Um, and then I don't remember what the last one was, but and we would kind of rotate. But growing up, like she would have like different decorations and stuff set up. And obviously, once in a while, as kids, you, you like break things or like you bump into things or whatever. Like you mess something up. I would say like Daniel led led the league in number of things broken like easily. Super not even close. Yeah. And then I think I'd probably be second because like some things we'd probably break. Like we were obsessed with wrestling. So we'd always be wrestling or like throwing balls in the house. And then yeah. Eunice and Lois is yeah. like distant. They're tied for last. I don't think they ever broke anything. But I was yeah. curious, like if you remember, what's like the worst thing that you broke in the crib growing up? Man. I, I have one like actually. Long list. I have I broke, one. I broke a lot of stuff. That I broke or that you broke? That you broke. That you broke. Okay, yo. I broke lamps. I broke tables, sofas, put dents in walls. Damn. Breaking everything. (laughs) I used to spit. I broke glass cups, glass plates, spill water, spill food. Bro, I was breaking everything. Um, The worst thing I 
I was probably the, it wasn't in the crib. It was probably the, <laughs> the, the hotel? French door at the hotel. You, that's the one I had. <laughs> that's, the one yeah, I had. that's crazy, bro. Yo, so I can't remember. Okay, so I don't even know where we were. So we were in, we were in Nigeria. We were in a hotel. Yeah. I was in Nigeria. Yeah. Word. So we're in a hotel. We're on like one of the upper floors, I think. Yeah. Um, and we're playing hide and seek. I don't remember the circumstance. I don't know why we're playing hide and seek in a hotel, but we're playing hide and seek. And my mom was telling me, she was signaling to me to hide behind the curtain. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> to hide behind the curtain of of the like French door. Yeah. To get onto the balcony. But there's so much adrenaline. I'm competitive, okay? I wanna win, I wanna win hide and seek. If my job is to hide, I'm about to hide damn well. So <laughs> so my mom's like, oh, hide behind the curtain. Yeah. I just see space and light. And there's okay? a balcony. There's a balcony like, behind the French door. Yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, I'm gonna go outside and hide. That's the best place to hide. And then she's gonna close the curtain and no one's gonna know I'm outside. So all I see is outside. I don't see any obstacles. Straight line to outside. Bro, I sprint. And I have a big ass head. <laughs> so I sprint straight at the French door. Hit the hit the French door. I'm thinking I'm going outside. Yeah. You know when you're running and then all of a sudden an obstacle pops up out of nowhere? Yeah, you come like, oh shoot, where did I come from? Yeah. Bro. So I'm running. Pow! French door. Hit the French door. I'm like, dude, I thought I was going outside. <laughs> now I'm on my ass. So turns out that the French door was indeed closed, but the janitor that morning had done such a good job cleaning that, that it glass looked that I didn't even see glass, bro. It looked like open space. So I thought I was running through to go outside. Unfortunately, I ran headfirst into the French door. Door um, splintered, shatters. cracked. Yeah, the yeah, door yes. cracked. It was crazy too, cause like you were fine. You didn't even cry. Yes. Like this bro. dude. This dude was fine. Like. No, like, welts on your head. Head wasn't swollen. The rest of us, I think, I don't know. I think I was the one, like, seeking. So I, like, kind of saw it in real time. But it was, like, this massive bang. And then it was, like, the door was, like, bad. Thankfully, the hotel was really friendly. Like, we're, like, oh, yeah, we're playing a game. And, like, this guy's a kid. He ran to the door. And they were just impressed. They were, like, we're just impressed that this kid has no cuts. He didn't cry. Head's not swollen. But our door is, like, our door is feeling it type. So yeah, that's the one I had too. That was really funny. Uh, one thing that you're you're kind of known for now, I feel like in the league or, or at least on your team, is the celebrations after after you oh, score a touchdown. Yeah. Um, I remember the the video. Was it a we could call it a viral video? But uh, you moss the dude from Carlton, um, and then spins the ball. You hit the gritty. So I'm curious, like. Are you going into the game like, yo, if I get in, this is what I have in the back pocket. This is what I'm hitting. Are you like, no matter what happens, if I score, I'm going to hit the gritty? Or is it like a spur of the moment? It happens and then you figure out how you're going to celebrate. Yeah, I think I have like a, I have like a, a bank of celebrations. Yeah. <laughs> yo, it's funny because uh, me and my teammates, like throughout the week, we might just say, oh, we're going to do this celebration. Like in practice, if we do something, we'll throw out the celebration. Yeah. Or like practice a handshake. But in the game, it's like everything just leaves. Yeah. Like when you do something, all the the plan goes out the window. So I've been saying I'm a gritty because at the beginning of the season, that I was like, I think the gritty had become popular right before our season. Mm-hmm. 
I'm seeing the green. I'm like, oh, shit, I've got to bust this one out eventually. So this is the season. We don't have a season. So the the first um, the season back after COVID, I'm like, I got to bust out the gritty. But I didn't score until was that my first touchdown? Yeah, it was yeah. my first touchdown. It was my first touchdown of the season. I didn't score until game seven, game six. We had six games. I scored in the sixth game. So I've been waiting to do the gritty. <laughs> and everyone knows I've been waiting to do the gritty because I've been doing the gritty at practice, all practice. I'm, I'm gritty in everywhere. <laughs> We've been talking about it bare. Like everyone knows I'm about to do the gritty. So I, as soon as I scored, I got up. It was like it was like it was second nature because I was so used to doing it at practice. Yeah, I spin it the same way at practice, and I gritted the same way. So I got as soon as I scored, I looked at the ref. I see touchdown. I got up, spun it, and it just it just happened. Just happened. The one thing though is I was grittying. I hit the, the normal gritty, and then I brought it up here. Yeah, and I hit one of those. And when my teammates seen that, they went crazy. So yeah, it was it was fun and. uh it was it was like a relief to finally have scored that season, yeah. and then this season I just I got used to scoring, so I was just doing stuff like yeah, I was just You're testing stuff out. I think I seen the A B, and I was like, oh, yeah, I you hit the A B so on time. <laughs> yeah, my me and Rodney were like, oh yeah, we got to get a handshake because we seen uh, the rideouts at Alabama, uh, John Meshi yes. and uh, Devontae Smith had their little handshake. They would rock out too. Mm-hmm. So we're like, we got to get one too. So we we did our little thing with that. So That's yeah, it was funny. fun. This year was, it was a lot of fun. It's funny because yeah, I was w- one of the games I couldn't make it to. I was watching the stream and uh, I think you scored and you and Ronnie did the like the rock out handshake, and then the commentator's like, I always wonder like when these players find time to <laughs> to come up with these <laughs> come up with these celebrations. Yeah. Uh, but I know you yeah. spice it up. So it sounds like there's a little bit of like preparation. Obviously, when you're thinking about it, you're imagining, but. When you're in the end zone, it's just like whatever's top of mind is like what well, you'll just do. Bro, I'll tell you, J.P. Simakinda, our running back, this guy is one of the most notorious cappers ever. The man would have whole dances. <laughs> in walkthrough, he would be doing whole dances. Oh, when I score, I'm going to do this. <laughs> when, I'm score, when I score, I'm going to do this. That man would get in the end zone and just get a ball to the ref and leave every single time, bro. That boy was so lame, but we, we did one. I think we played Queens one time when, when he actually did what we said we we're gonna do. We did a little handshake. It was yeah. good. But uh other than that, bro, that man never he barely he would like talk, but he never did the the stuff he said he was gonna do. That boy That's so funny. That's jokes. Yeah. <laughs> uh last question. This one's like uh I feel like this is a contentious topic. For anyone who's grown up with younger siblings and you know, you always have things that you compete over. Sometimes it's food. Um, sometimes it's friends. Daniel and I always competed sports. The easiest one to play one-on-one, obviously, is basketball. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you, I was working this guy. The type, you know, you know the type where like younger siblings, <laughs> like eventually they're like, they're like, yo, stop cheating, stop cheating. <laughs> Anytime you win, stop cheating. They go, David was cheating, well, but so I'm curious from your perspective. Let's take like, let's take like from. Maybe we'll take from like when we moved to Canada because that's what we had that court right by the crib. So we would play all the time yeah. to, 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 yeah. to like present day. What do you think is our all time record one on one in basketball? How many games Damn. have you won? Maybe go percentage. How many games have you won percentage wise? And how many games have I won percentage wise? Damn. 
It might be 50-50. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. Lies. No, nah, I'm playing. No, nah, I can't lie to you. I cannot lie. I'm being honest. I think it's probably it's probably 95-5%. All right. But I I don't think I've won many. I think I won, like, recently I won one. I remember that. that yeah. Was like two years ago during COVID. Yeah. Uh, and I was playing with a ripped the, shoe, by the way, just for context. The thing is, though, there was one before that, right before the one I won, I was up like 12 <laughs> and I lost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, recently I won one. Growing up, I honestly, but that's so unfair, bro. Like, think about it. You were being a bully. You were picking out. <laughs> bro, I was so little. I was so little. And you play, you were playing basketball in high school. And I, I was bro, like, probably middle school. You know what's point. crazy, though? I'm so happy I got my licks in early. Cause now, I don't want to play you. Like it just doesn't make no, sense. No, bro. Today I don't want to play you. <laughs> yeah, dude, I'm not gonna play you. Today I'll give you work. You've always been a better shooter than me. Like you've always been. Yes. I've become a better shooter over time, but you've always been a, a a really good shooter. And now physically, like I'm a bit taller than you, but just I can't like post you up. You feel me? Like I can't even back you down. So yeah. I was gonna say I was gonna say 95.5 as well. I'm happy I got my licks in early. For anyone listening to this, I don't know how young you are, but if you have a little sibling, you gotta you gotta beat them early. And also, actually scientifically, like it's helpful because you would play ball and football with me and my friends who are older than you, three to four yeah. years older than you. It's actually scientifically proven that younger siblings um turn out to be better athletes. Like Is that scientifically proven? Bro, it's they've actually done research on it, and I'll give you examples off the top of my head. Venus and Serena. Serena's the younger one. The Ball brothers, Lonzo, uh, Jello, and Lamelo. Lamelo's gonna be a multiple time All Star. Like it's actually like yeah. a thing. Yeah, but because you grow up in a competitive environment, people who are just better than you simply because of age, it does force you to to be better. Like yeah. if you could play one on one with me and it's competitive, then like when you're playing your friends, like you'll just have more skills. Type yeah, of thing. that's true. That's true. I think yeah, that's big facts. And one thing I'll say now though. Is if we played in a court today, not outside, mm-hmm. on a real basketball court, I would dub you so easily. So easy. easy. I don't think it'd be easily. easy. I think it'd be easy. You think it'd be easy? Yeah. On a on a basketball court, like no, because bro, last time we played, it was like yeah, it was like a, on gravel, it was a Mickey Mouse court. You know yeah. Yeah. But if we played on a court, dude, I think I'd dub you easy. Dude, what is easy? Like, what what would the final score be? If we're playing to, let's say we're playing to what? 11? Played 11, yeah. I think you wouldn't score more than five points. Oh, ones? my Lord. Ones, ones and twos? Ones. Or just ones? Ones. Yeah, I don't think you score more than five points. Ones five and twos. twos. What about ones and twos? You have no three. <laughs> oh, my. You can't, you can't shoot the deep ball. This guy hasn't seen me play ball in so long. All right. We're going to move on, but this is going to be evidence. The, yo, the dope thing about podcasts. We podcast, can set it up. The go, dope thing about podcasts. Yeah, the dope thing about podcasts is that this stuff lives forever. This guy okay. said if you play one-on-one on a basketball court, he would dub me easily. That's what you said. No more no more than, let's say, six points because I'm feeling generous today. You would no beat me 11-6. Bro, I will come to Toronto. All right. Say less. We'll set it up because, um, bro, I know you're an athlete and everything. And I know I, I'm only a part-time athlete nowadays, but that's disrespectful. Okay. 11-6. Bro, I locked down, down full-time basketball players. 
This is the Full one time. thing. This is the one thing about football players that cheeses me. <laughs> when I was at Carlton, you go to open gym and all these big football guys. Bro, basketball so easy, bro. Bro, shut up. Basketball so nah, easy. But, play basketball. Bro, you're, you're telling me there's not more football players that are good at basketball than basketball players that are good at, are good at football. Have you seen the yeah. Lakers do their little practice on the field where they play football? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they look like trash. Have you seen yeah. Tyree Gill hoop? You can yeah, actually hoop. But, that's a different argument. That's a different argument. I agree with you. I do think more football players play basketball than vice versa, but I also think a, a element of that is like accessibility to the game and like everyone, yo, everyone growing up played basketball, the popularity of the game, like all that kind of stuff. Anyway, moving on, moving on. Um, talked about so many dope things so far. Kind of talked about the early stages of, you know, everything up to your third year where you finally get that shot, you're able to become a producer on the team. But something that you alluded to early on is like when struggling to kind of get that that look and that playing time is having that identity of like, yo, I'm a varsity athlete. So if I'm not doing this, then like, what, what am I doing? Like, who am I yeah. type? So curious to know, like, if you've been able to re- redefine your identity now. Obviously, football is still a massive part of what you do, and that's what you want to do with your with your career and with your life in the immediate future. But how do you define your identity now? Like, how do you define who who Daniel is today? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good question. I think a lot of it, although it's not wrapped up in football, mm-hmm. but football is, let's say, like the contributing fact, like the most contributing factor into into like the personality traits or the characteristics that I have that make mm-hmm. up who I am. So mm-hmm. like one thing I'd say is like hardworking or like or determined or strong willed, things like that, like words like that would be how I de- define my character, or like who I am now. Um, a lot of those were developed through football. So I think this is a, a timely discussion. I just had like a I just had a kind of a period of time at the beginning of the year, usually it happens like that, where like I set the standard for who I want to be as a, as a man, as a person um, throughout the year, but also like for the rest of my life type thing. And this is the first year I've done this where I've actually sat down and written down um, like who I want to be as an individual, but also like what my goals are, what my standards are, what my values are as a human being. And um, I'll give you the, the four of them. So it's four core values that I have. And the first one is being true to myself and being true to God. Um, so those, my faith is very important to me. And I think a lot of the times when I've made vital mistakes in my life has been trying to go outside of that, trying to be outside of who I am, who I know I am and who God tells me I am. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So I think that's the, the real big thing for me is being true to myself and being true to God. Um, freedom is one thing so um, whether that's freedom in my career path freedom in my expression of myself um, just always being free to express who i am and that's one thing that kind of becomes a a deciding factor in who i choose to surround myself with who Mm -hmm. i feel like i'm free to be myself around Um, so the next thing is courage want to be courageous in in the things that i do want to be courageous in whether it's playing football and I think I can make this step and I'm going to take the step because it's courage, you know, whether it's uh, in relationships or being like, one thing I do is I might not reach out to a lot of my friends a lot. 
I don't know where, where that's rooted in, um, mm-hmm. but just being like courageous to, to be vulnerable to the people that I know that I can be uh, mm-hmm. vulnerable to. So, so things like that. And then the last thing is continuous improvement. So man, like getting it, well, the things that I decide to dedicate my life to, dedicate my time to, always getting better. Like, I don't want to look back even as short a time period as a week and be like, I'm the same athlete, I'm the same professional, I'm the same brother I was last week or last month or last year. I don't want to do that. I want to constantly be able to get better. And that's why like, I'm more open to criticism now because it's like, if I want to get better, I got to be. Someone, yeah. has to, someone has to tell me what the real is. You know what I'm saying? Someone has to tell me Okay, you're messing up here, you're slipping up here. So yeah, man, those four things are things that I feel like shape up who I am. And it's it's nice to have like things to check myself with. Like, okay, these I these are what I said my values are. Yeah. At every at any point in time I can look and be like, okay, how am I doing in inside of these things or relative to these things? How am I doing as a courageous person? How am I doing in terms of working towards freedom? Um so yeah, those are things that I've kind of made my core values for the time being. I mean, they're always subject to change as I mature and go through life and experience different things. But yeah, um, that's kind of what I've nailed down as, as my values. And, and then everything that I do as a, as a human being has to be reflective of that. So that's kind of where I find my identity now. And then uh, the big thing is, as well as is, is faith, man, I, I alluded to it. Like, I think really like, I mean, we obviously grew up in the church, grew up Christian and it, that's been a big part of our upbringing, but until I had that personal interaction with it, where I was like, okay, this is what I actually what I want to do for myself, not because my parents are telling me to. Um, that's when I was really able to be like, okay, this is what I want my identity to be, to be wrapped up in, not like yeah. the things that can be taken away from me. Like, bro, I could, God forbid, knock on wood, but I could get a major injury tomorrow and not be able to play football anymore. I could get a major injury and a head injury and not be able to you know like think and process things the way i do now so yeah limit you know my what i'm able to do but i can i can always kind of fall back and defer to to my faith and what the word of god says and, and things like that so man that's that's the journey i think obviously it's, it's a continuous journey like i'm always looking to grow and kind of redefine that identity but yeah uh, for the time being man that's what it is right now. bro that's big man literally like while you were talking i forgot like I don't know. I was just thinking you just have a lot of wisdom for the stage of life that you're in. Um, and it's, yeah, I think it's, it's special to see that growth. Um, because a lot of the things that, that we've talked about so far are rooted in your journey, like in relationship to this very specific sport. Um, but the bigger thing is like, what are you taking away from that as a person? Because, in the grand scheme of things, you know, when we're talking about a goal to play football professionally, that might be seven years, maybe 10 years if you're lucky. You know what I mean? And you do that, you know, you're 23 right now, you're 30, 31. And then what comes after that, right? Um, if who you are is rooted in when you're on the field, running routes and catching a football, there's going to be a lot of your life where you question, like, what is the purpose of all this and what's going on? But yeah. I really love the things you said because those core values show up regardless of where you are in your life. Like your faith yeah. it is going to be something that, you know, you fall back on for the rest of your life. 
having the having values of being courageous, being free, and continually improving will show up in so many different ways. Like if you choose to have children, if you choose to start, like these are all things that really matter. So um, I am impressed that you've been able to extrapolate from your experience in football. That's still the main thing. That's still the main goal. That's something that you want to do, but that's not who you are. You're not just a football player. You know what I'm saying? That is part of who you are today, but not yeah. part of who you are as a person. Um, so I really love that. I love that you've been able to define that. And I think, you know, taking the natural restart of a year as a period of time to set those intentions and create those structures for yourself is big. Um, and yeah, honestly, like when you were talking, I was like, dang, this guy's, this guy's spinning some, some, some facts right now. Uh, a lot of wisdom there. Um, so I know like we've, we've kind of talked about the topic, we've alluded to, we've danced around it. I know there's certain things that you can share, certain things you can't, but what's next? What's next for you at this point? Yeah, man. This, what's next is preparation to, you know, this is, it's crazy, boy. I've been thinking about it so much, but yeah, this is really the culmination of, of a lot of years of hard work of more, even more years of dreaming. And uh, yeah, bro, the next step is taking that step and, and playing professional football. And I think, um, geez, it's been a long journey, man. Like, but I've always, like, this is a, like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a person of faith. So I've, it's just hard for me to kind of have this conversation about where my life is going in terms of like my, the accomplishment of my dreams without roping my faith in. But I've always seen this, like I've always seen myself in this position. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, um, I think that's due to the fact that I think it's a God-given vision. I think it's a God-given dream. So it's like, no matter what I was going through, bro, even in like the lowest of lows in my first year, I always saw myself getting here. I didn't know how it was going to happen. Sometimes it, sure. like, it wasn't going to happen. You feel what I'm saying? But like, I always saw myself getting here. And so it's, so it's just so like, every day I wake up, bro, I'm like, I honestly, I'm itching at the opportunity to go train and mm -hmm. go work and go, I mean, like reap the fruits of my labor because this is always somewhere that I would want it to be. And now that I'm here, I cannot squander the opportunity. Like I can't, yeah. I won't be able to live with myself if I get, where I've always wanted to be and I fold, you feel what I'm saying? So, yeah. So man, like what's next is a whole lot of hard work and uh, hopefully some, some rewards as well. But it's just like the, the, each level I go, it requ it'll require a different, I feel like it'll require a more focused, a more tuned in, a more, uh, a better version of myself. Mm -hmm. And it's just exciting for me to continue to unlock these kind of stages of my development. Yeah. I think, just looking in the last year or so, the person I am now is so drastically, by my standards and by my assessment, is has improved so much more than I would have hoped. And I'm just so happy to like continue to unlock these stages of development in my life. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, man, so excited to get an opportunity in the league and hopefully make a team and shoot see what doors open up and continue to kind of make, make these steps of progression in the next, next few months, the next couple of years. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's actually crazy to, to just hear like where you're at and what some of the things are um, coming up and a lot of more work to do. Like certainly this isn't you saying, or it doesn't sound like you're like, you know, I've made it like, this is it for me. Like, it sounds like there's so Whoa, much more like, that you want to do. Not even close. There's yeah. a, there's one scripture that I, it always rings in my head and it was Paul and he says um 
he says, I don't count, it's in Romans, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I know pressing on and, and trying to like, he's saying like, I haven't made it at all. Yeah, and yeah. this verse is always ringing in my head. I haven't made it, but I continue to press toward the mark. I continue to work mm. pretty much. So that's just one verse that rings in my head, like constantly. Like anytime I get like any form of validation or any form of confirmation that I'm on the right path, I, I defer to that verse. I, I have yeah. not apprehended. I have not apprehended. I haven't, I'm not where I want to be yet. Mm-hmm. But I'm where I want to be in the process. I'm where mm-hmm. I want to be in the journey. But I'm not. I'm not at the end goal yet. So it's a, just a constant reminder. And bro, like it's crazy, bro. It's crazy. Even like t- towards the end of the season. How do you like when like you go? Sorry, ahead. sorry to cut you off. I was just gonna ask. Like uh, no worries. Um, it, it seems like a very surreal period of time. But how do you feel about it? Is it like? excitement are you nervous are you anxious overall like what's your feeling for this period of time and what's coming next yeah man right now it's just pure excitement i don't know like there's obviously a little bit of nerves um but i think the preparation yeah handles the nerves for the most part the more confident you are in your preparation the just the less the less the margin for errors thus the less nervous you need to feel because you prepared. I mean, preparing for every outcome is the best way to not guarantee success, but to hire or raise the chances of, of you succeeding. Yeah, you give yourself so the best shot possible. The best shot possible, exactly. So I think just the more I prepare and the harder I work, the more confident I feel. So really right now, it's just excitement. Mm. Um, it's, it's an everyday thing too. Like, bro, like every day I, I'm... So I've never been so excited to like go train mm-hmm. type thing because it's like, bro, this is this is coming. You know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. just excitement. Um, I think closer and closer to the the combine and the draft and stuff, I'll get more nervous. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it'll be like a. I think it'll be good nerves. I think there is a such thing as good nerves, and I think it'll be just good nerves. And yeah, but also like yeah. in a way of like you're excited to see what you like, how you perform, and what you do, right? Like yeah. versus like yeah. nervous for the outcome. It's like, yo, I've put in the yeah. work and like like we were talking about, I think like a couple of weeks ago, it was like, oh, like I'm excited to see like what I run or like what I bench and all that kind of stuff yeah. because you know that. And excited for everyone else to see it too because you're like, you're obviously, you've seen it like when you're working. You're like, yeah. oh, I know what I'm going to do. But then for people to be like, oh, okay, yo, who's this guy? Like jumping off the pace type. And that's the, that's the thing. Like a lot of my teammates kind of know and the guys that I train with kind of know like the ability that I have and a lot of guys have seen some stuff in practice that hasn't been shown in games or like guys that I train with have seen some things that I haven't done publicly. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm just excited for that to be on the, the biggest stage damn near and biggest stage in the country for sure. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, okay, then it'll be a, an awakening for people. But I, the, the one thing I can't control right now, like I can't control that yet. You feel what I'm saying? But the mm-hmm. thing I can't control is how I attack every day of the preparation. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to take it like, like not get too far to, uh, far ahead of myself type thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I find myself thinking about, about the things that I want to do, but I, I'm like always trying to bring myself back to this present moment. What can I do today? To yeah. Better? What can I do? There's nothing I can do about two months from now, but what can I do today type thing? So man. You just answered, yeah. yeah. You actually in my mind, you answered my next question because yeah, we're talking about a lot of things that are, are to come, but I was curious about how you're staying grounded 
um, today. And it just sounds like just that daily deposit, like putting in the work, um, taking it a day at a time, the training that's in front of you today, the rehab that's in front of you today. Is there anything else that you're doing right now to ensure that, you know, you're not sitting back and dreaming of like, yo, whatever city I go to, like I go be a star, catching 13 touchdowns in a season, whatever. And you're just like focused on keeping things present. Yeah, I think one thing that I've really picked up on is is journaling, is writing down my thoughts. Because I think once I write them down, I can kind of put them off or get rid of them type thing. Mm -hmm. So if I want to do something or I can like have a strategy or a, um, as opposed to like just dreaming and thinking about, oh, this is what I want to do. And this is this is the numbers I want to put up and this is the team I want to go to. Mm. I work backwards and break it down. to OK, what can I do today to get there? So I've written it down like my what can I do daily? What can I do weekly? What can I do monthly until this goal comes? That way, it's like I'm still cognizant of the goal and I'm still very aware of it. Yeah. But the awareness is being channeled into a, a daily practice. It's just something I can do now. So yeah. it's like I don't feel I don't feel like I'm just sitting around waiting for it to happen. Yeah. I honestly feel like I'm working towards this, towards it. That's how I know like I have a um, a confidence that when the the moment comes, it won't be too big because mm-hmm. I've I've broken the moment down into pieces and I've gone through it every single day. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So yeah, that's just that's that's all I can do is break it down to a daily practice, to an hourly practice, to a per minute practice, and mm. what can I do this minute? What can I do this second to get better? Yeah, to work towards that goal. That way, when it comes, I'm cool. Yeah, that's dope. That's wise. I think also it sounds like you're focusing on what the inputs are. Like a lot of the times with goal setting, there's a tendency and obviously just the way things are celebrated is like, and we talked about this actually last year when we were talking about goal setting and you were like, mm-hmm. cause you'd set goals the year before of like, oh, I want X amount of catches, X amount of touchdowns, whatever, whatever. And you're like, I'm not gonna set goals for this year. Cause then all the goals I set last year, like I didn't hit them. So like, it doesn't make sense. And I remember, yeah. I don't know if you remember, I was like, think about the inputs more than the output because especially with being a a receiver, like a wide receiver, almost like a metaphor for, I don't want to make it too deep, but you can run a perfect route. You can beat the DB, you can do whatever, but if the ball doesn't get thrown to you, you can't score a touchdown. Like you have to rely on someone else. And it's the same in in sports, right? You have to rely on the O-line blocking long enough, the quarterback seeing you, him getting the ball there, perfect throw or, in your catch yeah. radius or whatever. So being able to focus on like the inputs, which for example, could be, I want to make sure I don't miss a single lift to put yeah. yourself in the position where you're strong enough to beat the coverage or whatever, versus like my goal is catch this, this amount of touchdowns. Right. So yeah. it sounds like you've also done that and broken down the bigger thing you want to accomplish into like more manageable daily things that you can do. Um, and ultimately bro, like I'm excited for you. Like, I think this is a, this is a crazy thing to go through when you're in your early 20s, um, it's very different and it's exciting because not everyone gets a chance to do it. Um, I'm living vicariously through you because I remember when I was seven, you always have conversations. Oh, what do you want to do? Whatever, whatever. And I said, I wanted to be a soccer player. I went to play for Arsenal. And mom told me no son of mine is going to kick around a ball <laughs> as their career. And then I started engineering. 
Um, but uh, I'm glad that like I was able to break that ceiling so that, that boy when it was the ice, yo, when it was your turn, they were like, ah, yeah, we'll just let this guy play rugby once in a while, and then nah, now, but yeah. I had to fight, boy. I had you to did have to fight. Still. You did have to fight. You I had to, to fight. fight. You feel what I'm saying? That's what I'm like, dude. I was, I didn't even know what I was fighting for at that point. I was just fighting yeah. to have fun. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now it's, it's like, cool too to see them like come around, right? Like the yeah. fact that now they're like they're watching the games, like. They're popping up in the group chat, like Bro, just active. That'll and stuff. be that'll be trying to like break down the game. He'd be like, "Oh, if he had done this instead," I'm like, yeah. "Bro, yo, daddy, dead, he dead doesn't know anything he about doesn't? football." But Dude. he'd be like, "He'd be like, why did?" I'm like, "Bro, <laughs> he's like, Bro. you should have just, you should have just cut these and just go." I'm like, "If only it was that simple." Dude, he he be making up rules while he's watching the game. Like, oh, like Tell that you. was, am I? Like, Bro, that's the rule. Like, how do you even know? He's like, nah, nah, it should have been this way. Like, but <laughs> Yeah, it's funny just to see them like fully come around and support. Um, yeah. But overall, man, this has been such a this has been such a dope conversation. Also, super enlightening um, just to hear about your story and and I'm happy that things have really come full circle. Um, and a couple of things I've taken out of this conversation is just one thing about what's next is sometimes things are delayed. Man, everybody's on a different timeline. Some people go somewhere and they're, they're playing right away. Some people really got to yeah. wait and grind for it like you did. But I think the underlying thing there is like your preparation, your work ethic. And I think that's something that anyone listening can learn from is like, if that thing that you're waiting for just seems so delayed and it seems like it's never going to come, the best thing that you can do is really just prepare yourself for that moment where yeah. if it comes, you're not lacking, you're not caught sleeping, like you're ready to just go and take that. Like you said, like in that two-week training camp, it was like, all right, this guy... He might just be like a role guy coming off and you're like, nah, I'm, I'm ready like to just take that starting that spot yeah. and you haven't given it up since. Um, but we have come to the conclusion of this this conversation, this episode. Bro, you dropped bare wisdom today, but um, this is the life lessons. So I want to I wanna know if somebody could tune in just for this portion or if there's one takeaway or one key takeaway that you want to share from your experience. What would it be? Yeah, I think... Uh... Man, it's been a pleasure to be on here. I think it's nice to it's nice to have these thoughts going on inside my head, but it's nice to get them out. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like I don't always get the opportunity to to kind of share what I'm thinking a lot of the time, so it's good to get it out for showing an uh, environment that I'm comfortable in. Um, if I could wrap it up into into one or just what my biggest life lesson is, I, I would say uh, it's how I do anything is how I do everything. So this is credit to Inky Johnson. Uh, he's a motivational speaker. He used to play football. He had a, like a life-altering injury, and now he goes around and speaks. But um, he always says this, how I do anything is how I do everything. And I think I first interacted with it in like my second or third year of university. And it really spoke to me because in life, we're not always just going to do one thing. All of us are different, have different paths, have different things that we're involved in. Uh, as me personally, I'm involved in football. I'm also a student, um, a brother, a son, like so many different aspects of my life. So the big thing is how I how I do one thing is a reflection of how I do anything. So a lot of times you'll run into guys, especially on varsity teams that may be really good at their sport, but they, they're struggling academically. Mm-hmm. Um, they're struggling at, in relationships. They're struggling in financially different aspects of their life because that same attitude they have towards the sport, they don't carry it over into other. And man, I've been victim of this many times, like recently too, where 
I have this discipline and determination and drive towards my sport, but I didn't, I wasn't carrying it over into other aspects of my life. So you find yourself falling short. Mm-hmm. I think the ultimate goal as a human being is just to be as balanced as possible. Everything I involve myself in, I want to be just as successful in this arena as I am in this arena. So mm-hmm. when it's time for me to be a father, when it's time for me to be a husband, when it's time for me to be a working professional, I'm just as good at that as I was playing football. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's my biggest takeaway, man. Like, don't segment things into, oh, I'm good here, but I'm not good here. Like, apply the same. Everything is a matter of principles, man. Apply the same principles that you do in the, in the area you're most successful in. Extrapolate that and take that and apply it into every single aspect. And you find yourself being able to be successful in all these different um, facets of life. So that's just something I'm continually working on. And mm. like I said before, I, I don't count myself too apprehended. I definitely haven't reached that. But mm. um, it's something that I'm conscious of now and I'm definitely working towards being a more well-rounded human being and more well-rounded uh, just person so man how I do anything is how I do everything wow I don't, I don't have anything else to add I think that was an incredible way to summarize the conversation that we've had um, I love you dude thank you thank you so much uh, for coming on yeah so much love for you feeling a lot of appreciation for you in this moment Um, Thank you for sharing your story and and talking through that. And I think lots of just like key learnings. And the the thing that I really appreciate about you, especially over the last couple of years and conversations that we had is um, that you you figured out a lot of things about like who you are and who you want to be and you apply that. But like the verse you shared, like you're never like, yo, like I've figured it all out. I think you're you're very introspective and you're very open to feedback. Um, and you have that like hunger and thirst to continuously get better in all the things that you're doing. And um, I'm excited to just watch you continue to do that and watch your journey. I think you're an incredible person. I think you're an incredible man. I think you're pretty damn good at football too. Um, and uh, I'm excited to see everything that happens over the next few months. All right, bro. I appreciate that a lot. I love you too, man. More that I can put into words, man. And I'm, and I'm, very honored and very happy to continue to watch your development and uh, watch you continue to reach your goals as well. So thank, thank you, you for having me on. Bro. Anytime, anytime. Uh, well, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. This is the last installment of the what's next question. But don't worry, lots of great conversations to come and an exciting new project that I've been thinking about for a while that I'm going to be dropping real soon. Follow at Life IQ Podcast on Instagram so you don't miss out. Uh, rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts hit me up if you got feedback and uh hit up daniel too man if you need some more need some more coaching and inspirational (laughs) inspirational speaking (laughs) but yo the most important thing is stay tuned because we're gonna set up that one-on-one and i promise y'all i'm not saying that i'm gonna win i'm just saying that it's not gonna be an easy dub for this guy you know these guys start start scoring touchdowns and gritting and they think they think they (laughs) could just translate everything to basketball bro it doesn't work like that Hey, we'll, we'll wait for the video to drop, boy. When the video drops, everyone's going to yeah, see it. Yeah, exactly, bro. Hey, <laughs> anyway, man, appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for hopping appreciate on. This was boy. so much fun. And uh, we'll talk yes, again sir. soon, my guy. Yes, sir.